Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitchWills.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is May 23rd. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. I love with Luis Ortiz, who had this ridiculous outing against the Rangers yesterday. 7.2 innings, two earned runs. One of them was in the eighth. You could even say it was a careful Icarus. Five hits, two walks, four Ks, 10 whiffs, 26% CSW. And I didn't have Luis Ortiz on the list. What? How could you do this, Nick? Well, because I expected Vince Velasquez to return later this week, and Luis Ortiz was going against the Rangers, and I didn't expect this to go well. So I watched all of it. I watched every single pitch that he threw. This is my takeaway. Luis Ortiz has always been this, um, he's kind of a P's in that it's a poor execution, awesome stuff guy, where you see this upper 90s fastball. A lot of the game actually was at 96, and he amped it up by the end a little bit, with a lot of lateral movement. And you think, man, that's filthy. And then you have this slider that generally misses bats out of the zone. And you think, well, there it is. Except that his four-seamer and sinker both allow a ton of hard contact. He doesn't command them too well. He threw them a lot in the zone in this one, which was good. And and what happened is the Rangers just hit into outs. Believe it or not, he was at seven frames done in just 67 pitches, Luis Ortiz. It was insane. The Rangers just kept making contact, and then it found gloves. He didn't walk anybody until the eighth inning. And what I see here is Luis Ortiz having kind of a birthday party. His slider wasn't great. Uh, it wasn't this massive pitch out of the zone as we want it to be. Really, when I think of Luis Ortiz, it's like, look, your slider needs to be amazing because the fastballs, they don't miss bats. Three out of 50 whiffs, despite all the movement, Despite all of the uh, velocity, it doesn't miss bats at all. Which means, okay, you better be earning low hard contact on these. And he's not. So I'm happy it worked out for Ortiz in pretty much, I think, a very low probability outcome. And that's what it was last night for Luis Ortiz. He's not someone I'm buying in on. Um, Maybe over time. I don't think command is there. I don't think the fastball is actually that great. Um, And so it goes. I I think that Luis Ortiz, though, with that lateral movement, does open the door for games like this that would be more BABIP-friendly. And I talk about hard contact a lot, yes. When the two-seamer, well, really, like the, the sinker, rides a lot inside, it does open the door for these kinds of games. But... I really don't think that this is something I would want to consistently rely on uh, for my fantasy team. So Luis Ortiz, not for me. He might get one more start as Vince Velasquez might be delayed uh, for another turn. And as for like another rehab start, which would mean likely on Sunday against the Mariners. I don't know if I really want to do that. I know it sounds crazy. It would be a questionable start. I think people are like, no, I'm 100% going after Luis Ortiz for that. 
Don't forget, he struggled against the Tigers last week. So don't just use this star and say, oh, he's great now. I don't think that's the case for Luis Ortiz. Luis Castillo, 22 whiffs for a Gallows Pole yesterday. 8 Ks, 4 hits, 2 walks, 0 in runs, 6 innings against the Athletics. 46% CSW on the 14 rest. He was sitting about 98 on the pitch. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. That's the good stuff. Good to see him. Hunter Gaddis went. Six innings, zero runs, two hits, and one walk, four Ks against the White Sox. What? It's We know who Hunter Gaddis is. I don't think this is real. I'll blame it on the White Sox. Jaime Berea against the Red Sox was actually very interesting. Five innings, zero runs, two hits, zero walks, and six Ks. It's often that I confuse Jose Suarez and Jaime Berea. It's just stuck in my head this way. Suarez is a guy who is a lefty, throws a slider that destroys left-handers, but he also developed this changeup that maybe made him a little bit more interesting at times this year. Um, Jaime Berea also goes breaker changeup, um, but he's been more consistent with that over the years. He won only 23% fastballs against the Red Sox in the start last night, and Berea had a really good slider and changeup went down and away to lefties. He gets the White Sox next, and if he's throwing a lot of strikes with that slider, that might work really well against the right-handed heavy White Sox, but the changeup probably won't be as effective. So it might be an interesting stream if he goes 23% fastballs again, which will showcase, hey, the secondaries are that good and can be relied upon. Maybe that does work out as a as a deeper stream option. Trevor Kelly opened for Josh Fleming, who went six innings, two earned runs, five hits, one walk, and two Ks for a win against the Jays. Awesome. And I'm not going to do this. John Barbria opened for Shamanaya, who had this ridiculous weird outing of six base runners in 3.2 innings and eight strikeouts. Um, and I did terrible math because it was late night where 3.2 innings is not eight batters, Nick, as I read around up right now. It is, <laughs> it is 11 batters. So eight out of 11 outs by way of the K is pretty ridiculous. You don't see that. Man, 2 a.m. SP roundups, guys. Um, but anyway, 83 pitches for 11 outs is what? Shamanai and also six base runners in 3.2 innings. Like, you can't do this. And also, he's getting open for and can't go long. He got the win because uh, I also didn't know this. And again, this is terrible Shamanai writing last night. Even though he got pulled at 4.2 innings, essentially in the game, it is two outs in the fifth, he still got the win because there was an opener. And whenever the team is gets like the eye uh, goes ahead for the first time and holds it gets the, that reliever gets the win so Sham and I got one but yeah it was just a weird thing I'm not I'm not touching this Sham and I I'm sorry I'm just so confused by you um Jesse Schultens was open for we had all these openers yesterday and Jesse Schultens for the White Sox replacing Mike Clevenger went five innings wanted to run one hit two walks and one strikeout yet yeah, we don't want to do this Christian Javier, ace is going to ace against the Brewers. Uh, we had some interesting ones here. Tanner Houck, Dane Dunning. I want to talk about these, of course, and many others after this break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? 
You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Tanner Houck, six innings, one run, three hits, two walks, eight strikeouts, 17 was 41% CSW for a King Cole against Angels. And guess what? I didn't rank Tanner Houck either. <laughs> I didn't buy it. I didn't think that Tanner Houck was going to do a lot with his secondary stuff. And what do you know? 34 sliders for 54% CSW. And then splitters with 38% CSW. He only needed to throw 19% fastballs. I did not see this coming from Tanner Houck whatsoever. And I'm going to be watching him on YouTube after this. So definitely check that out. And if Tanner Houck can go 19% fastballs, like moving forward, that's fantastic. It is really amazing how much times have changed. If a guy went 19% fastballs like five years ago, we would all be questioning it massively. Now we see starts like this and he goes, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, when you see 19% fastballs from a guy, it means that he's getting enough strikes with his secondaries, including the splitter here for Tanner Houck. So I don't know if that's something I can really buy into about a 70% strikeout strike rate with that splitter. Same with the slider. Um, I don't know if I can really buy into that, but this is the peak version of Houck. I thought it would be the cutter. That would be more the strike-getting pitch than the splitter and slider. But uh, this is interesting. And I hope that it sticks around. I can't tell you that it will right now because it is a reliance on a splitter. And we're going to see more of those fastballs. I don't think those fastballs are that great. We'll see. Also, this is he also got the most out of his slider than we've seen in a long time. Dane Dunning against the Pirates. 5.2 innings, 1 run, 6 hits, 3 walks, 3 Ks. Yeah, a guy who doesn't get swings and misses, then gets swings and misses. And a guy who relies too much on batted ball, relied too much on batted ball. One and run is fine. Nine base runners is not. Three Ks is not. Dane Dunning is really not the thing you want to go after. Chris Bassett allowed four unearned runs, but only two earned against the Rays. Seven hits, one walk, four Ks. Everything is cool. He's a shining example of a Holly, and we love this. I, I will be the first to tell you that I was out on him in the spring because the velocity was so far down. And, you know, obviously the 900 runs was a product of that. Um, but then he adjusted over time. And I'm so happy that he's done so well since. Tommy Henry against the Phillies could honestly have been like a gold star. Got a win, 5.2 innings, 200 runs, 4 hits, 2 walks, 5Ks. Everything is great here. 18 whiffs from Tommy Henry. He had a harder heater and a well-spotted changeup, and he avoided the heart of the plate. But then he gets Boston and Atlanta. But, I mean, I'm, all right. I, I notice you, Tommy Henry. I feel like this is just one of those games. He's had some random ones like this before. But I can't. I can't get the Red Sox in Atlanta. I think we move on. Chase Anderson inside of cores against the Marlins had one strikeout and 10 base runners, but only two in runs and 5.2 innings, whatever. Zach Wheeler, this is an interesting one. Zach Wheeler in six innings, three and runs, eight hits, one walk, and three Ks. Very disappointing. You do not want a very poor quality start for Zach Wheeler in three strikeouts. You know what's crazy, though? His four-seamer, his four-seamer has a 429 BABIP, right? But it has a 17% swing strike rate, the highest it's had ever. 
And his hard contact rate is 20% for the season, which is 15th best in the majors. So what I'm trying to tell you is that Zach Wheeler is as good as he ever is at mitigating hard contact, has a four-seamer that is missing more bats than it ever has, has a 64% left on base rate, and a 333 overall BABIP. And he has like a, what, 430 ERA and a 120 whip? Yeah, this is a wonderful buy low. I do grasp that people are worried a bit about the injury history of Zach Wheeler, and that does ding him a little on full season expectation, and I get that. I really do. I imagine there's a fantasy manager who's sick of Zach Wheeler right now in your league, and I would go and talk to them. Like, what can I give you? What can we do here? Who can I give you for Zach Wheeler? And I actually even saw in Twitch chat that someone dealt Chris Bassett and Yandy Diaz for Zach Wheeler, and I'm all for that. So I would I would pursue Zach Wheeler in, in many of my leagues. Edward Cabrera at Coors, six innings, three hundred runs, five hits, one walk, and six Ks. Weird start to me. I mean, really good change of command down and away. Curveballs were really good. Uh, inside the zone, fastballs. <laughs> Last start, it was 67% strike rate, and I was like, oh, hey, if you could do this a lot, he'll limit the walks. So only one walk here. I think, oh, man, he did it again. Nope. 48% strike rate on the fastball, and he threw it 37% of the time, more than any other individual pitch. Eric Cabrera is so strange to me. It, it feels so simple. The changeup was great. The curveball was great, and that was enough here. I mean, 300 runs, got the loss, but you limited the walks, and that's cool. I don't know. It, one day, it's going to click, like actually click for Edward Cabrera, and he's going to be really, really good. I can't wait for that. Brandon Williamson against the Cardinals, 4.1 innings, 300 runs, 4 hits, 4 walks, 3 Ks. We move on from Brandon Williamson. I don't think that there's enough here. I mean, the cutter is interesting, but... I think we really ignore him. It's also pitching for since he's not a good situation. Billy Ober against the Giants. Five innings, four and runs, three hits, three walks, two Ks. The whip isn't so bad. Just two Ks. Honestly, I feel like he did well, and he just didn't go his way. You know? I uh, Good command overall. Like, weird, and you just kind of keep starting Ober. Um... It stinks because this was the best matchup he had against San Francisco. Uh, <laughs> and uh, now it's going to get a harder schedule. So it's a little frustrating with Bailey over. Jordan Montgomery against Cincinnati in Cincy. Four innings, four and runs, seven hits, three walks, uh, four strikeouts. It's frustrating because the changeup was so good. 13 whiffs on that changeup, but he didn't earn a whiff on anything else. So he gets Guardians next. You just keep starting him and whatever. Michael Lorenzen was our stream pick of the day and didn't do well against the Royals. 5.2 innings, 5 earned runs, 5 hits, 2 walks, and 5 Ks. Ah! But really, the whip isn't so bad in 5 Ks and the 5 home runs. He allowed home runs, and that's it. You know, now he gets a White Sox next and just don't throw as many meatball fastballs, and we're okay. Corbin Burns. Yeah, what do we do here? What is going on? I wish I had a good answer for you. I really do. Maybe the cutter's a little bit worse. Maybe the secondaries aren't uh, as good as it used to be. Five innings here, five earned runs, seven hits, two walks, five Ks against the Astros. Only eight whiffs, 21% CSW. I feel like I need to remove the ace is going to ace tag because it's gone back and forth. Like entering today, he was fine, like a 
3.5 ERA and a what 110 whip or something like that. It wasn't horrible. It's just a 21% strikeout rate. I need to remove it for the list next week unless I see something way different if he pitches uh, on Sunday. I'm not sure if he does. I imagine he does. Um, it feels like it was just one of those nights against a really good offense. Like the command actually was pretty good down and away and everything that he normally does. It's just, ah, uh, like get it together, Burns. You know, it's just weird. And yeah, maybe he's just not as good. And that's that. Gavin Stone against Atlanta. There's been a lot of talk about this because it was four four innings, five earned runs, five hits, five walks, and one K. And to me, I'm just like, I don't care. Like Gavin Stone, I just don't think is good enough for seamer changeup. But you know, there's conversation about hey, 14 whiffs, like maybe there's something there. Well, it was six whiffs on the changeup, six whiffs on the fastball. I don't think the fastball is a six whiff pitch. I think the changeup is too much of what he does and Gavin Stone needs something else. Changeups notoriously are not good put-away pitches for strikeout rates. You see guys with higher swing strike rates and low strikeout totals, they are changeup focused and that look at Jordan Montgomery does not have a 30% strikeout rate despite having a really good swing strike rate. Changeup is the focus. So Gavin Stone to me needs more. And five walks, one strikeout, despite 14 whiffs, I think tells you the whole story here. Brady Singer is a cherry bomb, but just two out of 40 slider whiffs, and that's why he didn't do well against Detroit, and it's infuriating. It's absolutely infuriating. I will say over the full season, Singer's slider has actually been the same as previous years, and I feel like he's still just that cherry bomb. But it's very infuriating. At some point, I think like he's going to go off, but like you don't need to do this. Cal Muller, yeah, whatever. And Charlie Morton, five innings, six earned runs, seven hits, two walks, five Ks against the Dodgers. High CSW marks 30% CSW, but the Dodgers got to him, and it stinks. He gets the fills next, and I'm going to do it. Um, It's just one of those days. It just didn't work out, and there you go. Looking forward to today's games and tomorrow's games as well. Garrett Cole, Spencer Strider, Sonny Gray, Nathan Evaldi, you Darvish, Dylan Season, Eduardo Rodriguez are all auto starts. Yes, Eduardo, after that start against the Pirates. It's against Kansas City here. I'm hoping it's just one game without that cutter. Dylan Cease has been that cherry bomb against the Guardians, so we do it. Probable start here is Logan Allen against the White Sox, JP France, who's the stream pick of the day against the Brewers. Alex Cobb against the Twins and Drew Smiley against the Mets. I feel like if you have all of these, you are going to start them. Good streams if they are on your wire, but like Smiley's been on a roll. Cobb is good enough. The Twins aren't that good of an offense. Logan Allen gets the White Sox, etc. Questionable start to your Marco Gonzalez, Kodai Senga, Graham Ashcraft, Yuri Perez. Yuri Perez is in course. It pains me because I love Yuri Perez. Kodai Senga and Ashcraft are kind of cherry bombs now. Uh, Marco Gonzalez is an interesting streaming option against the Athletics. Athletics are so bad. Taj Bradley gets Toronto, which stinks. Mackenzie Gore gets the Padres. And again, cherry bomb guys here. Uh, If Taj Bradley and Yuri Perez had any other matchups outside of the top tier ones of offenses, then they would be in the um, probable start tier. Brian Bayo gets the Angels. I don't buy the 12 whiffs on his fastballs that he had last start. Uh, so he's down here. Bobby Miller makes his MLB debut, throws 99. I don't know what we're going to get against Atlanta. So he, I don't start guys in their MLB debuts. He's in the questionable start here. I'm very excited for it, though. 
Cal Bradish against the Yankees, Jose Barrios against the Rays, and Luis Medina is a chance for a quality start as he's done it multiple times now against the Mariners. Do not start here. It's Griffin Canning and Ryan Nelson and Adam Wainwright and Daniel Lynch and Rich Hill and Austin Gomber, Colin Ray and Dylan Covey. Ryan Nelson has not had his secondary pitches. He gets the Phillies. I don't want to do this. Looking forward to tomorrow's games. We have Joe Ryan, Shane McClanahan, Zach Gallen, Bryce Miller, and Nestor Cortez. All of them are pretty clear. Nestor Cortez had his slider last time and looked great. He gets Baltimore. I feel like it's more of a tweak that he made and then he fixed it as opposed to your traditional just one start and gone. Probable start here. Sandy Alcantara is here. It's in cores. So really annoying situation. Sandy has not been himself. Things should get corrected for him. It's cores though, but I think he still do it. James Paxton, who's looked so good with his fastball. Marcus Stroman. Martin Perez gets the Pirates. Anthony Escafani gets the Twins. Kopech gets the Guardians. He just had this at 20 whiff start. And it's a good floor with the Guardians. And Cal Quantrill gets the White Sox as a righty and righty matchup. That's good. Uh, question will start here. Tyler Wells, I know how good he's been. I know. I, I, I lamented about this though in the, the write-up for the notes. Read the notes for the streaming article. Uh, Tyler Wells has been so fortunate. 90th percentile plus for both BABIP and left on base rate this year. Hard contact rate is not good. Home run rate is not good. Uh, this is going to get so, so much worse. Um, Brandon Bialak is a streaming pick of the day against the Brewers. I think that he has good changeup whiffs. The Brewers are bad. Also, Tyler Wells, if you want to Vargas really against Yankees, go ahead, but I think it's not going to go well. Tony Gonsolin against Atlanta versus Bryce Elder against the Dodgers. I don't really believe in either one of those two. Um, a lot of people are upset at me about my Gonsolin hate. <laughs> I just think that his splitter isn't that good, and the slider is okay, and the fast velocity is okay. And it's Atlanta. You know, if you want to start him, go ahead. Johan Aviedo looked as good as I've ever seen him in his last start with his command. Fastball inside, uh, east and west, slider looking great. He gets the Rangers, though, and also that was just one start, so we'll see. Zach Greinke against the Tigers, maybe that works. And Tyler Anderson, if he has his changeup, should be fine against the Red Sox, but you don't know if he's going to have that. In the do not start tier... Yusei Kikuchi against the Rays, no thank you. Ryan Weathers, I don't buy it. It goes against the Nationals, I still don't buy it. Matthew Boyd doesn't have slider whiffs, so we're not doing it. Ben Lively had a ton of slider whiffs last time, but I don't really know if that's really a thing we should rely on against the Cardinals. Tyler McGill against the Cubs, no thanks. Ranger Suarez and Adrian Hauser, Trevor Williams, Steven Matz, Ken Waldachuk, and Carl Kaufman. I don't care about all of them. All right, but that is it for today. Thank you all so much for the support. Make sure you go check out the promo code in yesterday's notes of the list because, of course, you read the notes now, right? I outline all my thoughts. There's nothing skipped. Go check that out. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your babas be low and your strikeouts high.